Welcome to the Leaders Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leaders Edge. In this episode of our Personal Lines podcast, Associate Editor Chris Hand interviews Riva Dumaney, COO of the Benefits Division of Antwins. Riva shares stories of her life of travel between Central Florida and Charlotte, North Carolina, her early career during the financial crisis, and the amazing and lucky way she found her way into the insurance industry. I hope you enjoy her story. Okay, we are here with Reba Dumaney. Reba is the Chief Operating Officer for the Benefits Division at Amwins. Reba, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me here today. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me, Chris. And you told me that you go back and forth between Charlotte and Orlando. Where are you? Where are you this morning? I am in Orlando today. You're sure? I think so. <laughs> It's warmer here, so. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I saw something on the Amwins website. Uh, they asked you your favorite thing about Amwins, and you said our humility. What did you mean by that? <sighs> you know, I think we have a culture where the senior leaders truly believe that it's uh, our job to support the employees and our distributed sales force in particular. And, um, and so I appreciate the lack of ego that comes along with uh, truly supporting an environment around an inverted pyramid. So a lot of people say that, not too many people take action on it. So it's tough to resist the corporate jet when you get to a certain level and have the ability to do that. And I think we've, we've done a really good job of embodying a, a culture that fights against that. And I, I guess the other aspect of it is just supporting the humanity that is having employees, accepting that people go through hard times in their lives, accepting that people make errors, uh, not kind of facilitating the cutthroat culture that you could if you were focused entirely on the bottom line. Where did that come from, that 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 philosophy of, of culture? You know, I think some of it is life experience of the people that, that started the company. That's my theory. I don't know that anybody would... Uh, has ever told me that, but just observing, you know, Scott and Steve and Kristen and others, the folks that, that were there at the beginning, I'd say that's probably some of it is just recognizing their own pattern of life and wanting to be accepting about others. Mm -hmm. uh, the other aspect of it, I, I think, is just a, a true desire to create a differentiated culture where people who act as entrepreneurs will want to be at the firm. Uh, I think part of what makes Amwins great is the fact that we've had you know, 40 plus acquisitions um, over the years. And um, all the original principles stay with the business. So we don't buy businesses in order to carve out the management team or just acquire the asset or the, or the book. It's, uh, it's a strategy around actually maintaining the entrepreneurs and having them continue to run their businesses and do what they do best with additional resources and support. I just don't think you have people that want to stay at the firm if you're, if you're trying to control them or we're trying to impress kind of big corporate standards uh, onto their teams. Okay. You told me you grew up in Arkansas, Little Rock, and then I did. Florida, Orlando for high school. Uh, when you were in Little Rock, what was your main avocation? What, what, what did you enjoy the most? What was your favorite subject in school? 
Um, tell me about that. Oh, you know, my favorite subject in school for as long as I can remember was math. I was a, okay. I was a math kid. <laughs> <laughs> I got a I got a math degree for undergraduate. I was a mathlete in high school. It's I mean it's sort of it sort of just goes back through the years. Tell us already. <laughs> so that was that was sort of that was sort of my focus. I was a good student. I liked being a I liked being a good kid, and um, I liked people thinking I was a good kid. So that was that was that was sort of who I was. But I had this rebellious streak um, outside of school, and so. I had a big brother and so I'd follow him around and you know even when I was a little tiny kid he would teach me to open the windows so I could crawl out the windows when I wasn't supposed to so we uh we got into lots of trouble together <laughs> there's there's got to be some good stories there oh yeah I'm not sure there's definitely good stories there so he was more rebellious than I was so I still got to be the good kid <laughs> okay you moved to Orlando in high school. Is that that's a that seems like a tricky time to move in one's life? Yeah, How it was it was just before high school, so I was in middle school. Okay, and it um, it was it was an odd time to move, and it was it was, um, I mean, it was a disruptive experience to say the least. And uh, I think looking back on it, having you know children now, it's I think I'd probably handle it differently but it was you know sort of my dad's company was moving locations it was something that my mom felt was important for us to get a jump on and do it early and so we kind of picked up and moved pretty quickly down to central florida and went from private school and in, in um in arkansas to public public school in florida and so it was just a very different environment you know larger school just different social network um but adapted pretty quickly, surprisingly. You said your high school had probably as many students as your as Rollins College, where you went for your undergrad. <laughs> it did, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I mean, by mo it norm, it's a normal size public yeah, yeah, high yeah. school. Don't get me wrong, but it was it was a big difference from what I was used to for sure. And tell me about Rollins. Why Rollins? Uh, I mean, it was circumstantial. So I was, I went, I had a kind of non-standard um, high school career. And so I was young. I, my high school graduation was, um, I was 16 at my high school graduation and graduated the semester later. So I was 17 going into college. And um, it was, uh, I just wasn't really ready to move away. And wasn't really prepared with what I wanted to do. And the school was immensely helpful. My dad made this suggestion kind of randomly that Rollins might be something to look at. Uh, I went in for spring semester as my first semester. It was the only school I applied to wow. actually, which was, um, I, I don't know if that was strategic necessarily, but <laughs> but it's, uh, I got, you know, a great financial assistance package. Um, Overall, that Rollins has a, a great brand in the Central Florida community. It was a small school, which I liked. I liked the small classes, and uh, they didn't have a football team, which was a big pro for me. I'm not a not a big sports junkie, and so I liked the idea of having social aspects that didn't revolve exclusively around sporting events. Which is uh, which is difficult to find in Florida, I would imagine. It is. Any of the big schools are are big football schools, and 
I mean, even if you did, my husband went to UCF um, and uh, that football program has exploded over the years as well. So it was quite different than some of the other choices I could have made. You said you were a math major. Mm -hmm. uh, what were your career plans in, in, uh, when you were at Rollins? What, what were you thinking? You know, I think in some way I always knew that I would go into some aspect of kind of business management or some analytical field in, in business. And um, I just assumed like a general math degree was going to be advantageous. I started off as an international business major and, uh, and then I just decided to switch to math when I decided not to do the MBA program at Rollins. Um, it, again, because just because I was good at it and I enjoyed it, not because it was something that was strategic about my future uh -huh. more than anything. Um, but I didn't have like this grand life plan. I wasn't like, I, I was getting through college and then I was, and I, I was in a rush to get done with school. So I did, I did uh, high school in three years and college in three and a half. And I was just sort of ready to be out of the education system and into the world. And I'm not sure I had a real reason why, just that was the way I felt about it. And, uh, and so I, I was just ready to get into it and see how, what I liked about business more than anything. Um, did you have a business? Uh, I'm, I'm always curious how people come into the insurance business uh, other than, you know, through, through a family, uh, you know, connection. Um, and, and most of the time it's, it's a very serpentine uh, path. Uh, how, how did, how did that work for you? It definitely, again, was not a strategic decision. I uh, actually, when I was, my dad was in the timeshare industry. And oh, so wow. when, I was a, when I was a kid, I was, I was planning on getting to a business that had perks. I thought that was really the, <laughs> that was really what I needed to focus on. I needed to go into hotels or something that could, you know, airlines or something that could get me some cool perks for travel with my family. <laughs> um, and uh, obviously I didn't go that path. Um I was, so I came out of um, college kind of pre-financial crisis and, uh, and my college boyfriend was from New Jersey. And so he really wanted to go back to New York. It was kind of a difference in culture between Florida and he wanted to live in New York. That was his thing. And so I was looking for jobs in New York and I interviewed at Bear Stearns and some tax accounting firms and some other places. And uh, I randomly got hooked up with a um business services firm that did kind of call center and back office solutions kind of an outsourcer okay. if you will in in Orlando and I interviewed to be uh the president's executive assistant no and it wasn't really a a job that I was interested in but it was a good connection and so the guy that introduced me to him suggested that it would be somebody good to know and uh I think Maybe a month or two later, after the interview, I I had I hadn't even written like a thank you note, terrible etiquette for my 21 year old self, <laughs> and uh, I called them back because I was getting frustrated with the job search in New York. I just felt like that I was what I was going to have to accept in compensation because of the competitive aspect of the New York job market and what you had to deal with in terms of the cost of living just weren't compatible with where my brain was coming from. Central Florida, you know, where I could have a washer and dryer in my apartment. <laughs> you know, crazy, crazy thought for people living in. That is a, that is a luxury beyond luxury. 
something I just had no concept of, right? At 21 years old, I just couldn't imagine how that was going to play out. And um, so I called the company back and just said, hey, just check and see if y'all are looking for anything else. And so they had me come back in and then and meet with the CFO. It was a small company. It was 65 million in revenue at the time. And um, I met with the CFO and they, he and the president sort of gave me a hard time about not sending a thank you note and what I was doing. And then after that, they proceeded to offer me a job as a financial analyst. Uh, and so when I looked at it on paper I, and the job offers I'd gotten in New York, it just, it just didn't make sense to me to go up to New York. And so I joined this company and ultimately my college boyfriend ended up at Lehman Brothers up in, in New York. And so the irony of this whole situation is, you know, this is 2006, of course, and fast forward a couple of years and the company uh, that I I joined ended up being sold the month after to a private equity firm, New Mountain Capital, that was based out of New York. And uh, we pivoted to be entirely focused on the health insurance industry. That was our growth, our growth path okay. and sold the business in 2011 to United Health Group. Um, my college boyfriend, of course, was at Lehman Brothers. You know the history there. So it was not a uh, not something that I had foresight on, but it ended up being you know an amazing strategic decision. The guy who ran the company was a personal mentor to me. Uh, he encouraged and supported me going for my MBA. The, the private equity firm that bought the company was actually an owner at Amwins and introduced me to the executive team at, at Amwins. That's how I ended up uh, ended up coming there from United Health Group. So it was amazing and lucky um, that, uh, that that I chose the path that I did yeah. ended up being an amazing experience for me pretty early on. So many executives, when I talk to them for this, uh, for this personal lines interview, talk about the, uh, the difficulty of attracting young people out of college because they just, they don't understand the industry. They don't understand the opportunities. Um, it's not, you know, it's, it's just not a high priority or, or, or a flashy, um, um, industry that, 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 that they would kind of naturally be attracted to. What, what would you tell a young person coming out of school? What, what, what's the appeal of, of the insurance industry for, for, uh, for, for a, a young person with, with business aspirations? Uh, well, I guess one of my first things, so when I talk to young people that I try to figure out is what they want from a career, and because most people don't know at that stage, right? And some people are, when you ask them about their values and exploration, they'll give you a, kind of a one-word answer, and you'll have to um, drill into the why behind it. And so stability can be important. Maybe they've had some experiences where a parent lost a job over time. Maybe it's kind of culture and camaraderie. Um I think one thing we've done really well as a firm is create these training programs around bringing new college grads into the industry. And so they have a cohort of people that they can collaborate with. Uh, we hook up with risk management programs and we target the, those from a recruiting perspective to come in and build new underwriters, new brokers. Uh, those have been really successful. Um, but when I talk to young people, I mean, I think you could go into tech and it sounds a lot sexier on paper. And then you see kind of what's happening right now in the market. Insurance is not a discretionary purchase, right? 
And so there's stability to that. And then the segment of the market that we're in, in wholesale, is growing. It's been growing now for many years. There's been disruption in, in, in multiple areas and the losses in the property market, kind of the continued evolution of, of healthcare and benefits. So we've got right now it's cell and gene therapies and increases in the rates of twins and kind of shock claims that went from million dollar caps to now 3 million at the rate of $3 million claims are, are continuing to grow uh, at an insane rate. And so that change um, in the market continues to press new and emerging risks or harder to place risks into the wholesale market. And so I think we've got a interesting opportunity in a growing segment for a industry that's not likely to shrink over time, or when it does, it, uh, it tends to not necessarily be correlated with the overall, mar overall market. On top of that, we're a private company, and so we're not beholden to next quarter uh, results since we can take a really long-term view of the market and not be reactive to it. I think all those things just tend to lead to better learning experiences, better decision-making and, and, uh, and a better long-term career trajectory. Well, listen, I really, really appreciate your time. Um, good luck with everything. Good luck with the nine-year-old and the 16-month-old and the two homes and flying back <laughs> and forth and all of that stuff that makes my head spin. Uh, thank, you. thank you very, very much. Thank you. That was Riva Dumaini, COO of the Benefits Division of Amwins. For more personal lines podcasts, go to leadersedge.com or find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Thank you.